supportive families. This is Emily Penrod, and my guest today is Russ McHale, a high school teacher who went on a trip to Finland about three years ago. Russ, welcome. Thanks. It's nice to have, be here. Tell us about your trip, who you went with, how it was sponsored. So a couple of years ago, um, Brigham Young University set up a, uh, a cohort of educators there was an application process. Uh, they wanted a, a wide range of educators. And I, I guess there was probably maybe 20, 25 of us that went to Finland, uh, Sweden, several other countries, specifically to look at the educational systems there and to see what you know was so interesting and attractive, specifically about uh, Finland's educational system. And I think at that time it was ranked number one. You know, number 12 is still good. U U.S. is number 36. So obviously there's some things we can learn. And what did you observe? You know, gosh, there were so many things that I found interesting. I think probably the first thing is that the education is a highly valued uh, commodity in Finland. And because of that value teachers are treated and expected to act as professionals. And they were often compared to doctors and lawyers. So if you consider doctors and lawyers in the United States, the way they act, the way they are expected to behave, and the level of education that they are expected to receive, that is similar to what we saw in Finland. Yeah, impressive. So was there ever a, a teacher shortage or? You know, no, we did not get that sense. Uh, becoming a teacher is, as I said, a highly valued commodity. And so people want to be there. They are, they are getting high levels of education. And then there is a high level of competition to become a teacher as well. And you know, what, what is the dropout rate? Gosh, you know, I do not know what the dropout rate is in Finland. I will say that their system is set up to the point where every educational avenue is open and available. And by available, I mean free to all Finnish citizens. So what that means is a child goes into school and they start as, uh, as young students in about first grade with a very short day and the more they are in school the longer their day gets so that allows students to kind of become used to longer and longer days the older they get once they get out of about what we would consider junior high or high school or excuse me even before that in high school there are tracks that the students can take based on interest that interest level allows them to take whatever classes they deem to be interesting. So there's no feeling of waste, uh, oh, that's a wasted class, because you can follow your interests until you either find a job that you like, and then you can go into whatever job, or you can come back to the school and continue following your interests until, again, your education is at a point where you would like to be able to get the job that you desire. So education is valued. It sounds like by everyone, not only the adults, but also the youth. Is it compulsory? It is not. 
No, it is not compulsory. I, I think past uh, like a junior high level. So they could drop out, but it, it sounds like they choose not to because sure. they have so much choice. Yeah, they absolutely. Have to take that dreaded class that's required. Yep, that is exactly what, what happens. They are, first of all, because education is valued, there's no reason for it to be compulsory. So the students recognize the need to get the education that they, that is required for the job that they want. So, and, and I think one of the things, if I may, uh, one of the problems that we have right now in the United States is we value a college education over uh, a practical education. So somebody who maybe desires to be a construction worker, there's, there's this, this fog over non-collegial education. So it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you want to be a mechanic or a construction worker or a hairdresser? That's too bad. You should go to college. And I think that that's too bad because our society is diverse and diversity should be encouraged. And in Finland, if you want to manage a forest, which would be considered, you know, a blue collar job, there's nothing wrong with managing a forest or being a hairdresser. You go to school, you get the education, and you, you become what you want. But the thing is, is once you become that hairdresser, if at a point you realize, wow, I want to own my own business, or I want to own a string of hairdresser, you know, salons, there are avenues in the Finnish education system, which allow you to return to that system, get the education you need for free, and then go back out into, you know, into the job that you want. So career change is easy. And all careers are valued. Yeah. I love that because I understand we have a shortage of blue-collar workers and unemployed college graduates. Exactly. That's something we could learn from that. You mentioned earlier you stayed with educators. So you really got a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one with the teachers, the administrators, what are some of the things that impressed you about their attitudes and what they did? So a couple of things that really struck me were, again, uh, this can't be overstated enough. The educators saw themselves as professionals. And I recognize that if other educators in the United States are listening to this, they will think, gosh, I see myself as a professional. And I would ask, do you see yourself on par with a lawyer or a doctor? Do you dress as a doctor or a lawyer every day that you go to work? And in Finland, the answer is yes. They dress and behave as professionals at the level of a doctor or a lawyer. And so we saw that across the board. There was a moment that really struck many of us. We were, uh, we were having, they were having a panel discussion. We were asking questions. One of the questions that we asked was, how does your mentoring program work? In the United States, it's very common in education for a new teacher to show up at a school and they are given a mentor, someone who can kind of help them through the first year or so of the system. And there was some confusion on the panel. 
they kind of they, they asked some clarifying questions and at the end one of the administrators said listen we don't mean to sound dismissive but we don't need mentors in our system meaning when an educator shows up for the first day of school they are prepared as a doctor or a lawyer would be prepared to do the work that they have been trained to do. They don't flounder. They know what's necessary and they do it. So that, that's a testimony to the training they receive then. Absolutely. And what is expected of them. And the seriousness that, that they take their job. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to go back to what you were saying about students are encouraged to find what they're interested in. They are allowed to choose classes based on that. In our system, we don't expose them to like a wood shop class or anything like that until they're mid-teens. And you commented earlier, you made one observation about using power tools. Yeah, when we were, yeah, when you and I were talking uh, off mic a little while ago, um, I told you this story. We visited a, we stayed with an elementary school teacher and we visited this elementary school where there was a woodshop class. And we were, we were sort of taken aback by the fact that there was a woodshop class in an elementary school because of the litigious nature of the United States and the way that we treat our small children it, there's this idea that they're not capable. And so we said, whoa, wow, do you actually have kids in these woodshop classes? And then the teacher responded, yeah, yeah, of course we do. Because we teach children to be responsible and capable. And they are, of course, watched over carefully by someone. Yeah. But they are also given the opportunities to learn how to function around age-appropriate machines. That, that's powerful. I, I was really impressed with that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, sure. So there, you know, there is much to learn from that, and could it work in the United States? I, you know, I, I guess make the effort that we value education. We, I love the idea that it's not compulsory. It's so worthwhile that we don't have to force students to go. Yeah, absolutely. So could it work in the United States? The answer is absolutely it could work in the United States. Um, I don't know what it's going to take for the people of the United States to come around, but I will tell you we are seeing on multiple fronts international students who are surpassing the United States. We are having people from other countries come here with better educations who are taking positions of doctors and other things because education is valued more highly in other countries than we are currently seeing. And listen, it's not a matter of funding. Funding has something to do with it. But the fact is, is if I have a small classroom and parents who care and students who recognize that education is necessary, that's the magic. It's not that I have 
tens of thousands of dollars per student that all of a sudden students care. It's not about that. When a teacher has 40 students per classroom and they have three of those classes per day in a high school and they have an A, B block, that's 240 students every two days that a teacher has to know, understand, look out for, grade, and quite frankly, that's impossible. And so we are overburdening our high school teachers right now to the point of even if they wanted to care, they can't. Mm -hmm. And that's not a matter of how well there is funding there where we would need to pare down classes, but a high school teacher never hears from a parent unless that parent is demanding that their student go from a B plus to an A. Okay. I, I was about to ask you, how often do you meet the parents of your students? I mean, obviously you've never met all of them. And I like, I, I love what you said about the magic is that communication with the parent. If the parent values education, instills that in their child, right. treats you with respect, right. communicates with you effectively, that's the magic. That's all we need. That's absolutely true. Right now, I think uh, high school teachers in the United States are being treated as a kind of service where you send your kid as a kind of, as a fancy daycare. Yes. I shouldn't have to ever do anything or say anything or be involved. I pay my taxes. Those taxes go to teachers. Those teachers should take care of the kids. And if you want a highly effective educational system, the parents must be involved. And I don't mean in a way of demanding or, you know, saying, oh, I've done some research on the internet and I know how to, for you to teach your classes better than you do, but ask an open, honest dialogue between parents and teachers is vital for education to succeed in the United States. A collaboration. Absolutely. They're on the same team. They yes. both want to educate this child. But recognizing that I am the expert. Right. I have years and years of experience, and they need to treat me. But, but consequently, teachers also need to act as the professional. They need to listen to those parents, but at the same time say, thank you for that feedback. However... This is what happens in my class for these reasons. And they need to have a professional, educated answer to those questions. It sounds like quite a, a cycle. You know, it's hard to feel like a professional yes. if you're not being treated as a professional. It's Absolutely. hard for parents to respect the teacher if the teacher, you know, is maybe resenting his job or not feeling professional. And Absolutely. All, again, the consciousness of the whole society could be raised to where we value education. We're working together, accepting the, the professionals like you wouldn't argue with your doctor. Right, exactly. Or try to tell him how to do his job. Yeah, exactly. That is profound. That, you're right. That is definitely doable. 
you have a powerful message. Thank you so much for sharing it. It was my pleasure to be here. All right. I hope you have a great day. You too as well. Thank you.